Do you want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will be discussing the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 and its effects on reported 2017 earnings for U.S.-based companies. Before I get started, just a reminder that this is a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast and help me to continue creating great investing content, please consider becoming a patron at DIYinvesting.org slash patron. That's DIYinvesting.org slash P-A-T-R-O-N. My goal is to keep this podcast free of outside advertisements. In order to do that, I've decided upon a model that skips the middleman and allows me to receive support directly from you, the listener. My goal is to always provide value to you. Therefore, I have set up a membership program providing investment-based rewards to those who choose to become patrons of this show. I hope you'll check it out at DIYinvesting.org patron. Now let's dive right in. So today's episode comes from comes up after I was reviewing the Chewy's 2017 annual report. I was trying to understand their stock performance over the last 12 months. Basically, in early August of 2017, Chewy's stock was trading at approximately $20 per share. But a few days ago, their stock price peaked above $34 per share. This represents a gain of 70% in less than 12 months. So I wanted to read Chewy's annual report to see if their business performance truly reflected a 70% improvement. It became quite clear that this was not the case, primarily because of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. For those who aren't aware of what I'm referring to, this is basically the tax reform bill that was passed by the Republicans in Congress last year. One quick note is that Chewy's is a restaurant company. If you haven't heard of it, they primarily serve Tex-Mex food. So just a basis for what I'm talking about here. And I'd also like to give a brief disclaimer that, you know, although I'm going to be talking about the tax reform bill, I'm not in any way expressing a political opinion, either in favor or in opposition to this congressional act. So for the purposes of this article, uh, this discussion, I, I really want to focus on the second order effects that the tax reform bill is having on investments. Um, because they're having both first and second order effects that are really pertinent to you as an investor. And you need to understand what they're doing because earnings have been changed in how they're being presented to the world. So to kind of set up your understanding of what we're talking about today, um, basically the primary goal of the tax reform bill passed last year was to reduce corporate income taxes for the corporations in the United States of America. This was accomplished by lowering the federal statutory corporate income tax rate from 35% to 21%. So the result of this is fairly straightforward. 
your first order effect is that corporations are going to pay lower income taxes starting this year in 2018. Therefore, companies will be able to retain a greater portion of their earnings each year going forward. And as earnings are the property of shareholders, which would be you as an investor, then shareholders become richer. So from a shareholder's perspective, not not focusing on any of the other effects of the bill, this is a positive change for owners of companies. Um, but so logically, because your shareholders are going to retain more earnings, throughout the beginning of the year, investments have or investors have revalued almost all stocks domestically up to a higher valuation. Um, however, so that's the that's the primary effect of the tax cuts and jobs act of 2017 however there's an additional effect there's one that's a little bit less positive for investors and and that piece is really what i'm going to call the second order effects and for, for for those who don't know what i'm talking about first order effects are really the things that take place on the surface the things that are really obvious and in the first impact of what a change is a second order effect is what's the effect of that first effect what is the result of you've made one change but what are the aftershocks and the aftershocks of the tax reform bill is basically that companies reported earnings for 2017 can't be trusted Um, the earnings that are being reported are essentially fake because what really happened was when you changed the corporate tax rate for all businesses they have to revalue their assets and liabilities on their balance sheet according to the new tax rate going forward. But most particularly, where you see the biggest effect is a deferred tax liabilities. This is one of your line items on the balance sheet as a public company. And the revaluation of deferred tax liabilities means that some companies had to report a positive earnings surprise due to change in liabilities and some have purported a negative earnings surprise so basically some owe more taxes and some owe less taxes a vast majority owe less taxes but there are some um, companies that were affected slightly differently because they used a lot of deduction or exemptions that were changed or rolled out Um, but what the result is is that this change on the balance sheet has led to a revaluation of tax liabilities and it's changed the amount of taxes that companies owed at the end of the year in 2017. The effect is, is that fourth quarter 2017 earnings have been drastically changed um, from what they should be. Uh, And basically what should be is when you're evaluating a company you're really concerned about a company's long-term earnings power. So what is the core strength of the company that allows them to make money? And really the found, and this is needed to understand because that's how you make determination on whether to invest in a business. Cause it doesn't really matter how much money a company earned last year or the year before, or it doesn't even matter how much a company is going to earn next year. What matters is, what are the long-term cash flows that you can get as a business owner and pull out of a business? Which means that you really need to understand the key factors that drive that long-term earnings. And that's what I'm calling earnings power. So sometimes reported earnings match earnings power pretty closely. 
the key point I'm trying to drive home here is that for 2017, that's not the case. Um, some companies had minor effects, but some companies had large effects. And, and really what I've seen in my example today, which is Chewy's Holdings Company, um, they, they were impacted to a very large degree. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why that happened and how it happened. And hopefully it will help you understand um, why you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper as you try and understand 2017 earnings. And so I've used the term fake earnings. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, I'm calling them fake earnings because what you see is not what you get. Um, The reported earnings for 2017 don't match that earnings power. But it doesn't mean that the companies have done anything wrong. So these businesses in the United States are still legitimately reporting their earnings according to gap accounting standards. And, you know, if they're following the law, they're following industry standards, and they're just reporting earnings as they are required to do so. Um, so they're not doing anything unethical or anything along those lines, but they're basically following rules that force them to report earnings that don't match underlying business conditions. So what does that mean? I mean, on one hand, gap accounting is never really intended to report earnings power and to, in a clear and straightforward manner. Um, the accounting isn't designed to cater to investors. Instead, investors have to you know, interpret the accounting, the data, and make sound judgments from that. Which is really why, you know, although accounting is called the language of business, um, you need to understand that language, but it also doesn't mean that you're not going to be the language isn't going to speak to you in metaphors and similes and um trying to communicate to you directly you know sometimes it's going to communicate in a very circular manner and 2017 earnings is one of those examples so this becomes of great importance because the most recent full year earnings of 2017 all those annual reports are affected by this change um, for every company that operates primarily in the United States, you're going to see very vast differences between reported earnings and true earnings power. Okay, so enough with the uh, lead up. Let's let's dive directly into our business example. So our business example is Chewy's Holdings Incorporated. Chewy's is a Tex-Mex restaurant um, founded in Texas. And they are growing as a national chain. So they're a national chain restaurant that doesn't franchise their restaurants. So they build out restaurants on a yearly basis. They're steadily growing their restaurant um, market and they're building new restaurants every year. But because they're not franchised, they own those restaurants. And because they own them, they require um, capital investment to, to expand versus with the franchise, you kind of sell the ability for someone else to operate a restaurant for you. Well, Chewy's has the strategy that they're going to operate the restaurants on their own. And this becomes really important as we dive into the discussion of earnings power. Okay, so let's kind of dive in a little bit into the numbers um, for Chewy's. And that's really, you know, I'm going to try and keep the numbers fairly light because this is an audio format and you don't necessarily have the ability to pull up the data and information for you. If you'd like to see the data and you'd like to see the information, you can always 
Um, find it at diyinvesting.org slash episode 13. That's where you'll be able to find all of the show notes and you'll be able to see all the charts and um, source data that I'm talking about. Or you can pull up the 10K itself um, for Chewy's, uh, which is basically their 2017 annual report. You can pull it from the SEC Edgar website. But I'm going to try and keep the numbers fairly simple um, for this audio format so you can follow along without having a calculator or a computer screen in front of you. But basically, we'll just touch on some key numbers. And the really key number is, again, at the beginning, I talked about how the stock price for Chewy's has gone up about 70% in the last 12 months. And and the reason I, I kind of got prompted on this discussion is because I fa- I wanted to read in and dive into their data to see if it backed it up. So on the front end, we can see t- reported earnings for 2016 was $1.02 per share. And the reported earnings for 2017 is $1.70 per share. That's seven zero. So that's about 66% gain, you know, approximately a 70% increase. So on the surface... Everything appears normal. You have a company that has grown their earnings year over year by 70%. Okay, so that's our starting point. But you really have to dig deeper when you do research on a company. You cannot trust reported data that either reported just a blanket number in the 10K or even something that you're going to read on Yahoo Finance, Morningstar, um, Google Finance, any of these websites where you just get a PE ratio. You can't trust it for when you're talking about numbers from 2017, and this is going to show you why. So as I dove into the numbers a little deeper, one of the other figures is you had 2016 revenue was $330 million, and 2017 revenue was $369 million. So you're talking about a 15% increase, 12 15% increase year over year in revenue, but you had, again, a, like a 70% increase in net income and earnings per share. Okay, that doesn't match up. It's quite possible. Um, but, you know, let's look at, at another metric. Another metric is restaurants. So, again, this is a restaurant chain. And when you talk about earnings power for a company, that's really driven by the number of restaurants. So, a, a restaurant chain makes their money per restaurant. So, they, let's say they make, you know, $100,000 per restaurant. Then, you know, each restaurant you have, you should get another $100,000 in profit. So, Chewy's makes a lot more than that. But it's a good baseline for understanding how the restaurant industry works. They need more restaurants to grow profit. So their profit growth is going to grow roughly in line with the growth in restaurants. So let's look at the number of restaurants. In 2016, they had 80 restaurants. And in 2017, or at the end of 2016, they had 80 restaurants. And at the end of 2017, they had 91 restaurants. So they added 11 restaurants in the year of 2017, and that equates to about 13.7% growth, uh, which is very positive. Uh, A company growing greater than 10% a year just organically um, is a good company that you want to consider as an investment, but they only grew by 13% and their profit grew by 60 to 70%. We're starting to see more of the mismatch here between reported earnings and the true earnings power of the business. Because again, your earnings power is based upon again your storefront when you're talking retail, and your storefront is the number of restaurants. So why is it 
that the earnings per share for Chewy's does not match what you would expect based upon the true business growth. And the reason is one-time tax items. So Chewy's happened to report, well, let's, start, let's say it this way. So in 2016, Chewy's had pre-tax income of $24.3 million and paid $7 million in taxes. Okay, that's about right. You know, that's showing they're paying pretty much the statutory rate on their taxes. But in 2017, they had lower t- pre-tax income at 23.5. That's what was 24.3 reduced by $800,000. So 23.5. So their pre-tax income went down in 2017. But their taxes went down a lot faster. So in, in 2016, remember, they paid $7 million in taxes. But in 2017, not only, they didn't pay any do, any money in taxes. Instead of paying, they pay not only did they not pay zero dollars in taxes, they received a tax benefit of five and a half million. So you had an over eleven million dollar gap between the tax payments that they had to make in 2017 versus the tax payments that they received in 2017, and the whole difference here is a one-time tax item of eleven point eight million dollars. That's a huge amount. And what or your difference is due to those one-time tax ups. I don't I don't know if that one-time tax ups is exactly 11.8, but let's just say $11 million in one-time tax items. And the reason for that is what I said at the very beginning, where you have to revalue your deferred tax liabilities as the company. And they had large deferred tax liabilities that are now being meet it back as a tax benefit. And so it offset all the taxes that they needed to pay last year, and it gave them an additional benefit on top of that. So that's a very valuable benefit for Chewy's as a company. But if you are to buy stock in the company, you don't want to buy stock based upon one-time benefits. You want to buy stock based upon long-term benefits, benefits that you're going to receive in earnings every year. So although you had... A dollar seventy in earnings per share this year, I would expect it to be less next year instead of growing. So they've been growing their earnings every year the last five years from 2013 through 2017 because they've been building new stores every year. Well, even though they're building new stores in 2018, you would expect their earnings to still drop because the the reported earnings figure isn't really there. It's not something that you can put your hands on and keep because the only change was this one-time balance sheet adjustment. So the key is though, investors, other investors that you know, you're essentially competing with in the market are not judging this properly because what's happened is Reported earnings went up 70%. The stock price went up 70%. Because, you know, again, the earnings per share in 2016 was about a dollar. And the stock price was about $20. So you're getting a 20, a PE ratio of 20 approximately. You know, dollar times 20 is $20. Well, if you say the reported earnings are $1.70 and you say, okay, well, the stock still deserves a 20 PE ratio, that would put the stock price at $34. And coincidentally, that's about right where it is right now. Uh, for reference, I'm recording on July 22nd, 2018. So it was a couple days ago that the stock price peaked above $34 per share. But if instead you say 
okay, well, let's take away those one-time tax benefits. What's the real PE ratio? Because we already determined that this $1.70 per share isn't real. Well, we need to determine, okay, what is the, the true PE ratio if you kind of dive deeper? And when you do that, you know, and you can really think about this in a few ways. But the key thing is, is let's go back to what I was saying. So basically, you know, as a restaurant chain, your earnings power is based upon the number of restaurants you have. So if we just take a very, very simple model and say, you know, how much money or how many, how much income was Chewy's earning per restaurant per share in 2016? And let's just equate that over for 2017 with the number of new restaurants and the new shares. So again, in 2016, Chewy's had 80 restaurants and they earned a little over a dollar per share. Um, so they earned about, you know, 0. 0.01275 um, dollars per share. So again, don't worry too much about the numbers, but basically if you then multiply that number by the 91 restaurants that Chewy's has, you would end up with about a dollar and sixteen cents per share as the new earnings power for Chewy's going further. And again, this isn't taking into account you know the cyclicality of the restaurant market, but I'm just trying to give a little a standard conservative baseline for understanding, you know, kind of what the earnings power for Chewy's might be at this point. Well, if you use a dollar and sixteen cents per share instead of, um. A dollar and seventy cents per share to calculate the price to earnings ratio, you end up with a price to earnings ratio of thirty instead of twenty. So you're almost fifty percent more expensive or overvalued than you were last year when you could buy Chewy stock. That's a really important difference because as a restaurant grows and as a restaurant gets closer and closer to um, its stability period they're going to be less and less profitable or you're going to be able to justify a lower and lower PE ratio for the company because as the growth no longer exists, you no longer get that growth component in the earnings and you have to make it up for buying it at a lower price. So this creates a very, uh, essentially a facade for anyone who's buying Chewy's stock at this time. They think they're buying a company at a PE of 20 and if you pull up um, Yahoo Finance or a stock app on your phone or you know Google Finance is going to show PE ratio of 20 because it's going to take your last 12 months earnings and it's going to just take, calculate it from the stock price. Well, those earnings aren't really there. You're getting reported earnings that don't match. And what's going to happen is Q1 2018, Chewy's you know, shows that they are earning a higher profit than they did in Q1 2017. That's because they have lower taxes and they have more restaurants. The same thing is going to be few true in Q2 because they're going to have more restaurants and lower taxes. And in Q3, they're going to have more restaurants and lower taxes. So for the first three quarters of this year, Chewy's is going to report higher earnings than the year before. Well, what's going to happen when they hit Q4? Well, Q4 2017 was when they had to report the one-time tax benefit from the tax reform bill. Well, in 2018, there's no longer a tax reform bill to help with one-time benefits, which means that even though Chewy's is going to have more restaurants than 2017 and lower taxes than 2017, when they report Q4 2018 earnings, they're going to report much lower earnings. So you're going to basically have the first 
nine months of the year in 2018, you're going to have Chewy's reporting steadily growing earnings. And then as soon as you hit your last report for the final three quarters, the final three months of the year, which will probably be reported sometime in early 2019, they're going to report a massive drop in earnings. So you're going to all of a sudden, it's going to show that the company is trading at a PE ratio of around 30 instead of a PE ratio around 20. And your stock price is going to reflect that. Now, a lot of you probably don't care about Chewy's. I think it's a very interesting investment. Any company that's growing at over 10% a year just from organic growth is something worth doing research on. So if you found my discussion of the company and the way it's operating interesting, it'd be a good time to research it. I don't think it's necessarily a good time to buy it because of what I was talking about, how the earnings are being misrepresented and the stock price has been pushed up accordingly, but it's always good to learn about companies that are growing at a rate higher than 10%. But the key is, is that this is not about Chewy's. This is about all domestic U.S. companies. The, the earnings reported for 2017 for U.S. companies don't reflect reality. You're seeing numbers that don't make sense. And you're going to see, because of lower taxes, it's going to be very easy for companies to report growing earnings in the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter of 2018. But as soon as they have to report fourth quarter earnings, which is going to be in early 2019, they're going to most likely report drops in earnings. Now, it's going to vary by company, and this is not a surefire prediction, but you have built into it a fourth quarter of 2017 that benefited from huge one-time benefits for a lot of companies. And yet, in the fourth quarter of 2018, all of those one-time benefits going away are going away. So my main central point and takeaway for you today is to remember that your job as an investor, as a DIY investor, someone who's managing their money, you need to watch out for stuff like this because it shows the importance of digging a little deeper below the surface and not just trusting the reported numbers that you're given on your computer screen or your phone screen or however you get um, you do your investment research. You need to dig a little deeper, and especially for the year 2017, because 2017 earnings have been drastically manipulated. They're massively distorted from what their true numbers should be. Now, they're still able to be calculated because the companies, most companies that I've covered recently, have reported the exact amount of the one-time tax benefit in their annual report. So you can take that number and adjust the earnings that are being reported, and you can come up to, with an idea of an accurate understanding of their true earnings power. But it will take a little bit of extra work, and it does take understanding that the tax reform bill passed in 2017 has forever changed 2017 earnings reports. So whether you think about this in 2018, 2019, or even when you look back at five years, the last five years of earnings, when it's 2022, and you're looking back at 2017, you say, huh, why did this company have declining earnings from 2017 to 2018? You need to remember it's because the US government has created a situation where companies were forced to report earnings that don't reflect their true earning power. And I would guess that we're going to see a bit of a dis, uh, volatile market in the early in the first quarter of 2019 when everyone has to report these earnings figures that start to show declines maybe it's well understood in the market but at least for chewies in this example today it's clear that some people 
are misallocating the effects of the tax reform bill as only positive for the earnings of a company without truly understanding that reported earnings do not reflect earnings power. So thank you very much for listening to this episode today. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 13. And finally, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you have gained value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash p-a-t-r-o-n. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investment content without any advertisements. If you choose to become a patron of the show, you will receive exclusive insights into my personal investing process through the DIYinvesting.org membership program. Once again, you can find out more information at DIYinvesting.org slash patron or listen to episode 11 of this podcast, where I go into detail about the benefits of being a DIY investing member. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stop paying fees and start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.